Hey, this is Lisa Brewer, founder of Heart of Inspiration. And if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, you have to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College college podcast with my good friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, how's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we're back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And today, we've got a good friend of mine and a client of ours, Dr. Lisa Brewer. Now, after over two decades of being an ordained Christian minister, Lisa began to discover that there was more to spirituality than any religion was teaching humanity. Four years ago, she began a wonderful journey to discover to the discovery of self-divinity and the goddess within, realizing that her mission was to help others like her discover a true connection to spirit and live their life purpose. She founded the Lightworker Academy, creating a modern-day mystery school. Having her doctorates in divinity and metaphysics, she is activating spirit spiritual teachers, mentors, energy healers worldwide to further help people heal from trauma and live a fulfilled and abundant life. You're not going to want to miss this episode. We dig deep into some woo-woo fun stuff. Uh, We talk about the one question that has completely transformed Lisa's life forever, the difference between religion and spirituality and what most people get wrong here, how dogma dogma can be harmful, harmful when focusing on controlling the masses, and the energy of money and the importance of making it spiritually. You're not going to want to miss this episode. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews. And for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest in Madagascar and provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So give us a review and you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we're back with another great episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good friend, Dr. Lisa Brewer on. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Xander. Thank you for having me. I always love talking to you. This always amazing. I know. <laughs> I know. This is, this is, I can tell this is going to be a fun one because we always just dig into some fun stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Obviously, not everybody knows knows Lisa as well as I do. Um, you've you've got a, an amazing business, Heart of Inspiration. You're a a leader when it comes to divinity and metaphysical. You actually have a doctorate in divinity and metaphysical, and you are a Christian minister for twenty years. Before we get into all the fun spiritual uh, stuff, I would love for for you to give a little bit of a background to everybody who doesn't know who Dr. Lisa Brewer is. Would you mind? Not a problem. So. 
all those doctors, the doctorates and all that, that's not really who I am. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm a spiritual that's, that's what mother. That's the Wikipedia page, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all the titles that we feel we need to have running around here on this thing we call Earth in the Matrix, right? So um, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I'm a spiritual mother. I'm a spiritual mentor. And basically what happened is I lived a whole life with Christianity and all of this and doing everything everyone told me I should do. I was the good girl. I went to college and all of this great stuff, raised three wonderful children. Um, it wasn't all easy. Uh, it wasn't all simple. But one day I woke up about four years ago and was like five years ago now and was like, this is a bunch of crap. <laughs> This is all a bunch of crap. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you do everything you're supposed to do. And then one day your relationship goes to heck. And then your, your, your job that you had, you get let go because you, you stuck up and did what was right and you're living the best life. And now what? Yeah. Because I didn't want to hear any more about the little, you know, it's all going to be fine. Just joy comes in the morning. And that's true. But that's kind of hard to say when you're on your second divorce and you just lost a very good corporate job and you don't and nobody will hire you because, you know, you're overqualified for everything. Yeah. Your life's just falling apart. Yeah. And that's finally I was like, well, who the heck am I really? Because I was not just. Lisa, the mother, Lisa, the grandmother, Lisa, the corporate middle to upper management person. I wasn't the Lisa that achieved all of these great things and toured the country and did all these great things. I finally had to get to who I really was. And I found out who I really was. I actually didn't like. Wow. Tell me about that. Who I really was, was I was somebody that was pretending to be what other people wanted. And I really wasn't happy with who I was. I wasn't happy with life. Yeah. I, 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 I I'm, I'm this neat. I, it, you know what? It's really hard to look in the mirror and say one day you are that needy girl that needs to have a relationship Yeah. that needs to have people praise her, that needs to have all of these things and needs to pretend to be like, pretend that nothing is going wrong. I didn't like that person. I didn't like that codependent Lisa. Yeah. And I had to shake myself and say, you know what? This is not who you really are and find my actual power and find out who I really was. So that's how I got to where I'm at right now is finding out who I really was and going after it. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to need to unpack that a little bit because that's beautiful. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the need and the clinging onto, you know, the need for this relationship and this, this past thing. Why do you think it is, you know, obviously this is something that it sounds like you did for, for years, but I think a lot of us do, uh, in our lives. Why do you think we do that? Why do we, why do we cling? Why do we hold on to these things? I think for a lot of us, you know, we're taught, and I can't even just say in America, but that's all that I, I know, right? Um, we're taught that you're supposed to have the, marriage and the kids and the good job and you go to college and you know you're supposed to have the white picket fence and all of these things and that somehow you live the american dream you do all these things and you you know you're climbing up this ladder and you have nice houses and nice cars and all these things and that's supposed to give you fulfillment 
Yeah. Like when, when you meet somebody out, I mean, what's the first thing most people ask? Oh, nice to meet you. What do you do? And yeah. what do you do for a living? And so we have this definition of, you know, our job defines us or our career defines us. Or then I would go as a single person because I took a long time before I got remarried and probably will never do it again, but that's a whole other story. Um, but, you know, as a single person, you attend functions and they're like, oh, you're single? Oh, you know, this is like this pity yeah. party. And I'm like, well, you know, so you live your life by all of this. And so you feel like I shouldn't be fulfilled in any other way, in any other capacity other than what society tells me. Yeah, it's almost like we, we are fulfilled by what society judges should fulfill us almost. Exactly. Exactly. And we should, especially right now, with the danger I see a lot of things that right now is we have to think and speak the way society tells us we should think and speak. And that's always been an undercurrent for as long as I've been alive of my young, almost 53 years of life. It's always, oh, you can't say that, or you can't do that, or you, how dare you be like an entrepreneur? Yeah. Or how dare you, you know, dis- discover some other level of spirituality? How dare you take your own power back? Um, how dare you do any of these things? Because you yourself are supposed to live this way. And so it becomes this really weird, sick, toxic need for the relationship, uh, for the family. And there's nothing wrong with any of this, guys. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I like, I have a nice house. It's nice for me. I have a nice, I have, you know, a decent car, whatever. That's what I, but, you know, I don't measure my success and my, my validity. Your happiness, your validity, your joy by that. No, not anymore. Not anymore. That's but we're trying to live these lives as this character and my cat Gemini is about to join us. We live these <laughs> lives in this character as this character. And, and then one day we realize we're playing a character in a play that we didn't write. Yeah. And we don't really like the script. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. What? So, so you, you made this transition you mentioned about four years ago, like what, what role in, in, uh, in this transition to who you are now has spirituality played? And, and can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So immediately when my second marriage was f- literally felt blew up after four months of being married, um, I went to a counselor and it, I had never been to a counselor before. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And she introduced me to meditation and you would think that I would know something about meditation, but in the church, you know, meditation and chakras and crystals, you know, it was all gonna, you know, send you, you know, where in a basket. (laughs) So, um, she was like, you've never done this. And so she introduced me. I didn't know anything. Yeah. She introduced me to connecting to my higher self and not placing that identity of that higher self outside of me. In other words, I was connecting to the real me and not saying I'm connecting to God. Yeah. I'm not connecting to, you know, not saying it doesn't exist. That opened up this whole world of, wait a minute. So that little voice, yes, it can be creator or spirit or source, 
But guess what? I'm part of that. Yeah, it is also me. There is no separation yes. there. Yeah. Right. And and that put me on this path to discovering about chakras and Reiki and all of these wonderful things that I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I've been doing this all this time, only in the church, we called it something different. I've been doing it all this and all of these wonderful things. So spirituality all of a sudden gave me the ability to say, you know what? I'm a co-creator of my life. I am an active participant in that. And I don't have to come hat in hand and saying, please, could you? Instead, I get to say, this is my life. So do you, do you think that's the big differentiator between, between dogmatic religion and spirituality or what would you, is there something else there? I think you just basically mentioned that that's mind blowing, by the way, it's like spirituality. It's like, I'm the co-creator, right? Rather than just, Mm -hmm. I'm following doctrine and this is, you know, I, I, please, may I have help with this? Yeah. That's one of the big things. And so I, I tend to not, I, I can only, of course, because I studied Christianity, it was a minister for 20 plus years. That's where I have to come to that, that realization of this from. So being in, in Christianity, especially it's, you know, God's will, thy will be done, da, 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 da. Well, but hidden in, within all of the text is this blueprint for you to actually live a divine life and yeah. you to live that co-creator life. And it, it instead of saying, could you please, it's you need to speak it, you need to believe it, you need to take action. Yeah. And that to me is, it really is whenever, I, and I and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying anything, if that's how you're finding your peace, it's great. But when I'm working with people now, especially, it is finding you and what is it that you really, what is your will because you are yourself divine. You have the free will. And if you believe you have free will, then it's about time you exercise it instead of just saying, well, you know, if God wants it to happen, then it'll happen. Yeah. No, it won't. Sounds a bit apathetic to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And then we get into this situation where we get passive aggressive because then when we don't get what it is we believe we should get, then we yeah. get mad at God. Yeah. Well, really, it's you should be mad at yourself. Yep. That's the other hard thing is that you need to take accountability. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing religion lets us not do. No, I love that. I think I think that's huge. One of my um, one of my good buddies says, um, you know, he said, if whether it's God or Mother Earth or or divine spirit, higher power, whatever it is, when you ask for courage, do they give you courage or do they give you the opportunity to be courageous? Right. Exactly. And and that is the co-creator side of it is, you know, th- there's the opportunity and then you have to step through the door. Exactly. Right? Yes, exactly. And that's a scary thing. Yeah. Why, why for most people? Go ahead. Why, I was just going to say, why do you think? Uh, I think for for a lot of people, especially in our uh, logic filled world, our rational world. I mean, you and I are are both very spiritual. Very, you know, I like to call myself a woo woo. Is you know, because that's what <laughs> that's what the world calls me. I call myself a woo woo uh, because the world calls me a woo woo. But I, I believe in all this stuff, and I believe very deeply because I've had too many experiences that that 
just cannot be, uh, you know, uh, explained by, you know, societal logic and rationale. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on why it's so hard for, for so many people to accept spirituality or go down that path of spirituality? Well, I would say because the spirituality and the actual power has been removed from religion. Yeah. So if you study different books, and again, I'm not whatever, but if you study different books and even most holy texts, there are some there are some um, statements or some um, teachings that have been left out of all of them. And those teachings in the in the Christian world, we would call it the Gnostic books, the Gnosis or the Knowing. Yeah. Those books, if you go and study those, while it says very similar things to what we would see that we have in front of us right now, there is such a level of accountability and responsibility, self-responsibility there. And the knowledge of oneself as a spiritual being having a human experience, there's so much of that that's there. And it was removed, I believe, for to, so that the masses can be controlled. Yeah. You can lull somebody to sleep long enough and give somebody an out. Like, you're not responsible for this. You're not responsible for this. That's okay. It's just your lot in life. So it's hard for us sometimes if we grow up in that manner to then take responsibility and accountability and say, guess what? I have to go out here and actually do something. It's not going to be handed to me. And while it feels super illogical, we don't acknowledge the quantum and we don't acknowledge the true, the true power of energy yeah. and how it has in fact created everything that we see as logic. Yeah. We've divorced it. And because of that, it's hard to switch over to that side. So so you mentioned you're, you you mentioned the quantum, you mentioned energy. Say say that I'm 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 a quantum and energy newbie. How would you explain that to me? Uh okay. So the quantum is everything that you can't see. Yeah. Everything, everything is energy, right? And so that double slit experiment some of you guys might have heard about. Um so even the table that's in front of me or that you might be the chair you're sitting on at home, even though it presents as solid, it's only presenting as solid because you're putting two things, because you're putting your attention towards it and the atoms and the subatomic particles are moving super, super slow. Yeah. So to your perception, it feels solid, but in yeah. actuality, it is in constant motion. Yeah. Everything within you is in constant motion. Yeah, it's and something I, like every atom is like actually like 99.9% space. Yes. Right? When yes. we when we interpret it as a solid. Yes. Everything. So if you can come to that understanding in the quantum realm that everything is energy and that you in and of itself, I think we think of ourselves sometimes, we say we're a spiritual being having human experience. And I think sometimes we feel like we're these genies walking around in this bottle that our spirit is somehow connect, contained within the avatar. It's yeah. not. It's within you. It's around you. It surrounds you. Your spirit is so much bigger than who you are in the physical realm and how you've presented yourself. Yeah. So if you can conceive of that, then you can realize that your energy 
your emotions, the energy you put into motion can actually recreate your world and rearrange all the atoms and everything around you to create the world that you so desire. So that's what I mean when I say spirit led and living in the quantum. I choose the timeline I want to live in. If I don't feel like living in this timeline, I'm just going to flip the page and let's go to another one because this one's not working out so well. So I just changed my frequency and let's just jump to another timeline real quick. But you can literally do that. Yeah. You know, you can. So how would, how would you do that? How do you do that? If you're, you're, you're somebody new to this, how would I do that? How would I learn to do that? Well, the first thing is believe in your imaginations and your dreams. Yeah. The image that you create in your dreams, like the dream world or when you're daydreaming, those are the most powerful visualizations. I'm sure a lot of people heard Abraham Hicks and all this, you know, the secret and everything. The visualization, that is actually reality in some other timeline. Yeah. You just got to bring that into this, this real, real world. So if you can see that and then begin to, I believe in meditation, like nobody's business, but if you can begin in your meditative time and even in your just walking around time, you see it, you immerse yourself. It's kind of like learning a language, right? Immersion, you immerse yourself in it so that you can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it, see yourself living in that house, see yourself driving that car, see yourself with that extreme, that, that wonderful entrepreneurship that you really want, whatever your life is, see yourself in that position and feel it. And I always say, let it drop down into your heart because that's when you believe it. When it drops in your heart, that heart just sends out these waves of like, wow, this is great. And you go out and you recreate it. You create this electromagnetic field that starts to rearrange things. And every time your brain says, you can't have that. Don't you know you came from this side of the town? Don't you know who your parents are? Don't you know you didn't finish college? Don't you know all this? You just shut that brain down because nope, that's that's not what I'm how I'm living. Yeah. And raise your frequency or your vibration back to that image. You bring that image back every moment. And I guarantee you it will come to you. Not the way you might think it does, but it will come to you. So you, you mentioned something there, and I think this is, this is part of why it's so difficult for people, right? To drop into that, real, that, that, that heart space and really feel it, but then they're fighting the, the logic, the rational part of their brain, which they've used for you know, years, decades even, and yeah. that's the, the habitual way of, of, yes. of processing and moving through life. How do they break yes. that habit? How do we break that habit of um, you know, trying to logically understand and control everything and allowing ourselves to... Uh, allowing ourselves to use our heart. You know, I, I, I love one of the things that Steve, Steve Jobs said is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the Eastern world, uh, we put a lot heavier emphasis on, you know, I'm, I'm Pakistani and we put a lot heavier emphasis on leading with the heart and using, mm-hmm. using the brain and the intellect to support the heart's mission. Whereas mm-hmm. in the Western world, it's, it's almost like it's, it's been, you know, completely flip-flopped. It's like you lead mm-hmm. with your intellect and the heart is forgotten. Right. How do we, how do we start to fix that? (sighs) Well, (laughs) I feel like I just have a whole can of worms for you. That's a whole thing. Um, first of all, we have to get to the point where we 
we're taught here, especially in the Western world, to guard our heart and to not think, to not not lead with emotions, right? Yeah. And so, but you're shutting down your most powerful energetic field. Yeah. So uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, renew your mind with the washing of the word. And we take that in church to mean you just keep reading the, the Bible and you keep listening and you keep reading yeah. it out loud and pretty soon your mind. Renew your mind with the washing of your word. What is it you really want? Speak it out of your mouth. Because when you speak it out of your mouth, your ears hear it. And when your ear, your physical ears hear this, your mind says, oh, this must be true. What your ears hear, your mind believes. And so you keep speaking this, keep speaking it, keep speaking it. The other thing that I have found is that there's, um, your mind is the best tape recorder, DVR, known to man, okay? It records everything. Even what you, your conscious self, doesn't really recognize it's recorded. Yeah. So its job is to protect you. Its job is to make sure you don't get hurt. It can't see the future, but it knows the present and the past really super well. Yeah. So <sighs> when you get that, like, this is what I want. So when I had said, I'm going to work with Xander and I'm going to go after my, my life's mission and my life's purpose. I caught myself within five seconds, five, four, three, two, one, before my mind kicked in and said all the reasons I couldn't and all yeah. the reasons I shouldn't. That thought before the thought, that's your true self. I love it. Catch that thought before your mind has a chance to kick in with all the reasons you can't. All the all the safety nets and the bumper the, yes. the bumpers to keep you in a row and yes. you know, all of those things. Yes. It's great to keep you upright on a motorcycle, but it's probably not very good. To <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not to pursuing a life with more meaning and more fulfillment. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Yes. Well, you, so one of the things that you do so uniquely well, and that I absolutely love, you work with a lot of spiritual practitioners, a lot of healers, and you help them make money. And I, like yeah. this, this, like, you know, I, I think about this and this seems like, like contrary ideas and polar opposites maybe to a lot of people out there, right? You think of like spiritual teachers, healers, practitioners, um, you know, out there and making money. Right. And, yeah. and I, I want to talk about that because these things seem like opposites, but yet you've, you, you've found a way that they are actually interleaked. Can you explain that? Yeah. Um, money is energy. Yeah. That's it. Money is a frequency. Money is energy. Yeah. And in all of the universe, if you study the hermetic principles and things like that, you will find that there is cause and effect. You reap what you sow. You uh, There must always be balance. Okay? That's what the hermetic principles definitely teach us. There must always be balance. Yeah. So why should a spiritual person, an energy healer, any type of counselor, whatever we're doing, why should we be out of balance and not have the money that we should, that we need yeah. or want give, or whatever? Give to the world, bring the energy to everybody and not receive the energy back. Yeah. You're out of whack. You're out of balance. Yeah. 
you're out of order, as Yana Van Zandt would say. You're out of order. So you can't function that way. Yeah. You can't be true to yourself and true to your mission if you're worried about how your electricity is going to stay on and where you're going to live. Or if you have to give yourself over to an eight, nine, 10 hour job, you're not in order and you can't be who you really are meant to be. So what I help spiritual um, counselors, energy healers, practitioners do is get comfortable with that and change that money mindset. Yeah. You know, and change that money mindset. I had to change my own money mindset because let me tell you something, being in ministry for 20 some years, you hear it all. Well, how dare you? And da 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 da. And you're taking advantage of people. I am not taking advantage of anybody. Yeah. In, in, in fact, in my program, by the time you get done with it, you now have a spiritual career. Yeah. You now have a career. So I'm giving you something that will help you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And guiding you on how to get there. So we're not taking advantage of people, but we are making sure that we are, that the energy exchange is right and it's true. And even as spiritual practitioners, even if you're not doing like I am a certification program and you're, you're, you're helping, which is great, which is what you should be doing on your healing. You need to make sure that the energy exchange is equal. It's proper. It's right. Because otherwise you're going to resent every person you help. Yeah. Because you're given so much and gotten so little in return. And that person is going to potentially feel like I got so much from you and I gave so little, they're going to be out of whack too. And you're blocking their blessing. Yeah. You're blocking their blessing. I love that. So it's it's so funny because I remember we, uh, a while ago, we were actually working with the Dalai Lama to actually see if we could get him to one of our events. And, and people think that the Dalai Lama, like you think, well, does the Dalai Lama speak for free? Like, no, I'll tell, I'll tell you right now that he was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like there was a, there was a big energetic exchange that was being talked about for this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think the importance there is like, you know, he knows that when he brings that value that he can bring, you know, that money is going to be returned to him. And obviously he's not driving around in a Lamborghini, a big orange Lamborghini. That's probably going to other things that are going to be really helpful for this world. Yes, exactly. But a lot of people don't realize is most of us that do this work, we are doing, we are sowing back into our communities and sowing back into the world. Yeah. You know, so in some of my retreats and things like that, if there's teenagers that are just thirsty for this, right? I will scholarship them into my retreats. Um, I will, you know, we're, we're creating some things here locally for young entrepreneurs, for young people. Like I'm putting together a school, like we're getting ready to put together a charter school out here. And so these are things that I give back. Yeah. Um, And you couldn't have done, have you not made the money that you were meant to make? No, never. Never. Yeah. And I actually get to help so many more people by doing what I do and not giving it away for free. Yeah. I'm so much freer myself. Yeah. So that's what I I help. You you have to. There's nothing to be gained by being poor and being a doormat and being used and abused. There's nothing to be gained by that. You know, we are out of the season of martyrs and saviors. So can we just move on at this point? 
that's how I feel. You know, I, yeah, I'm a little strong with it sometimes, but there's no time for I'm, it. I'm right. I'm right there with you, Lisa. I'm right there with you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think that's one thing you and I completely agree on. Um, so, so obviously you've, you've, you've lived, you know, uh, multiple lives here being a minister, uh, you know, now the spiritual practice, you're, you're, you've got a multi six figure business where you're helping other spiritual practitioners grow and scale. What would you define success as? That when you get up in the morning and you think about what you're going to do that day, you have a smile on your face, even if it's stuff you didn't necessarily want to do, but you know that by the end of that day, you have made an impact in at least one person's life and potentially more. Yeah. If I did nothing else at this point, I know that I have helped so many people get into their purpose and exponentially I am impacting hundreds if not thousands of people yeah. every day. That is what keeps me moving. That is what gives me success. My life has purpose and meaning. And I get up every day and I know that there is a purpose, there is a meaning, there is an impact that we are doing great things. And that's to me is success. That's success. That. So obviously waking up every morning, important. Is there anything, <laughs> is there anything besides waking up and loving what you do that you do uh, that allows you to be success? Maybe a morning routine or, or something that you practice. Obviously you mentioned meditation. Is there anything like that that you think people can start to integrate into their lives that would help them move down this path? Well, certainly meditation in the morning, and it doesn't have to be an hour or two hours, right? Yeah. I hit the ground running. I've got, we have a multi-generational household here, so I've got two grandkids here. So I don't necessarily always have an hour in the morning, okay? Yeah. So that's just real. So, but please, okay, first of all, do not, the first thing when you wake up, do not go pick up your phone and see who's posted the latest you thing know, on I, Instagram. I shouldn't Instagram the, right away? No, no, <laughs> not YouTube either. Yeah. And please stay away from the TikTok. That's a rabbit hole you'll never get out of in the morning. Yep. Don't go and grab that phone. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would even say before I go to bed, I've gotten in the habit of making sure I know what needs to be accomplished the next day. So my morning routine starts the night before. Yeah. I love that. I make sure I know what needs to be accomplished the next day. So it's just a brain dump. Yep. And then in the morning, I take 15, 20 minutes just to myself for just some quiet meditation and thought. Um, I make sure that I'm doing like the self-care thing. So if I need a break and I need to go for that massage, I'm, I am scheduling that into my day. Yeah. I have to. Um, also, uh, reading, or if you if you don't have a lot of time to read, then I would say... Be careful what you're watching on YouTube and what you're ingesting on IGTV and what you're ingesting on TikTok. Um, because if you take in all of this negativity, then that's exactly what's going to keep coming out because those are the seeds you're sowing. So yeah. be sure you're, you know, like this podcast and other podcasts, you know, I have a podcast. There's so many out here that are going to feed your soul. Yeah. So please take that time to do that. Um, 
So my daily routine really consists of I wake up in the morning and I, you know, I do 15 minutes by myself, 20 minutes by myself. I take time out during the day to get outside. Don't stay inside all day. Get outside, take a few more, take some more time. And just being sure that you don't overload yourself. Um, being sure that you take the time you need to reset and recenter and take care of you is what I do. And study. If something is like interesting to you, if like tomorrow's sacred geometry is interesting to you, go get a book, go watch some YouTube videos, learn, learn about it and let yourself just expand. And that's, that's one of the best things I think you could ever do. Just let yourself expand. It's really going to be okay. You're not going to hell. I can care. <laughs> awesome. Um, Lisa, one, one last question for you. Obviously you've been through some, some school. Uh, what's one thing that you wish that you learned in one thing that you wish you learned in college? Oh my God. Just one. Uh, I wish one thing. I know it's a mean question, right? That's horrible. <laughs> I wish that I had learned that corporate America wasn't going to satisfy you. Wow. That's what I wished I had learned. Wow. Do you think corporate American can satis- satisfy anyone? Do you think there's some people that can be satisfied in corporate America or, or no? I think so. So let me let me rephrase that then. Yeah. That chasing after society's definition of success yeah. was not going to satisfy you. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. I think I think we have to we have to close out on that note because that's too good. Um Lisa, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh What's what's on the horizon for you and where can people learn more about Dr. Lisa Brewer? Wow, what's on the horizon is uh, the Lightworker Academy is in full swing. We are adding some new programs as well um, to complement our certification program. We've got some great retreats coming up and uh, beginning to start the lay down the foundation for potentially heart of inspiration television network. So more coming on that. Um, but, (laughs) um, but all, all that can be found at heartofinspiration.net. You'll find my YouTube, my IG links and all ways to get in touch with me and some information about Lightworker Academy so that you can, we can reach out and we can chat. Let's see what makes sense for you. I'd love to work with you on the journey. Awesome. That's amazing, Lisa. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Xander. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.